Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Transport Podcast presented by No Context CFB. Unfortunately, there's no games yet. We're not that close to the season. In fact, we're actually pretty far. There's not anything going on, quite literally. And you're going to tell from what we're going to be talking about today. My name is Andrew Wilson. Ben is going to be with me today. How are we doing? Doing well, Andrew. How are you? <sighs> Missing the college football, but we're going to take the little bits of information that we get and we're going to turn it into a podcast today. So, so let's just jump straight into it. You can tell there's nothing going on when the only thing we're talking about right now is what car is CJ Stroud driving? What car is Quinn Ewers driving? Earlier this week, we learned that CJ Stroud has a new NIL deal with, I believe, a Bentley dealer in Columbus where he's able to drive a, I want to say it's a G-Wagon, and he can trade that out every 45 days. I mean, these kids are living the dream. And I say kids, even though they're all older than me, but to have an opportunity to drive all these luxurious cars. I mean, you think of Bentley. We'll talk about Quinn Ewers in a second with this Aston Martin. That is completely disgusting. But, I mean, NIL, we love it. Absolutely. I mean, what a sick deal just to be able to drive a new six-figure car every 45 days as a college student. Um, Beyond being the face of the Ohio State program, like that, that alone is pretty dope, but having the car with it, and I believe he's a model for Express as well. If I'm not mistaken, that's based in Columbus too. You know, CJ Stroud is really playing the NIL game as well as one possibly could. And I guess cars are the cars are the choice for um, all those luxury goods that you have. Seeing as Quinn Ewers, B. John Robinson both have deals with different automakers. Well, not sure if Quinn Ewers has a deal with Aston Martin, but B. John definitely does have one with Lamborghini. That's really cool as well. I think that's the way things are going here with NIL. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If he has a deal with Aston Martin, we need to start seriously questioning the people that work at Aston Martin for designing that car. I understand you're in Texas. You want the burnt orange, but on the inside of an Aston Martin, that's a complete waste of a vehicle. Aston Martins are beautiful cars, but you can't put a color like that on the inside. It just needs to be its own thing. You know, maybe have something else, Texas. Maybe on the outside, you can do burnt orange. I'm sure that would look okay, but not on the inside. That interior completely messed up and like you talked about Bijan robinson with lambo i mean this is just the beginning and it's weird to say that because we're saying oh it's just the beginning for these guys getting lambos but it really does seem like i mean what is next for college kids and nil deals i mean we've talked about cars i don't really think it's feasible for people to give away houses do we think someone's gonna get a boat I'm just thinking some Minnesota boat maker is going to try quite literally because I'm just now realizing this has multiple levels. They're going to try and give a four star a boat because not only do we have all the lakes, but we're rowing the boat. Absolutely. If there are any boat makers in Minnesota, take that idea, you know, get whatever recruits you need to here, give them the nicest boat possible, put them on Lake Minnetonka and they'll be rowing there and they'll be rowing here. You know, one thing I was thinking about other deals that NIL um, could provide to athletes and one I landed on was the hotel business. So as you if you may know, um, during game days, hotels, two night minimum stays sold out. The prices are skyrocketing in college towns. But what if, you know, Hilton or maybe your local Marriott said, hey, we're the official hotel of 
to Alabama starting quarterback Bryce Young. We're the official hotel here. And in exchange for Bryce Young doing some promos with them, uh, he gets to stay. He has a certain amount of points, certain amount of nights he can spend at any Marriott around the world. That would be a super cool NIL deal that I might think, you know, places could take advantage of. Not that they need the amount of, not that they need the business, especially on game days with hotels, but you can jack up those prices. Everyone's going to want to stay where Bryce Young stays. And that might be a cool little NIL deal that you can do as well. Yeah, just make sure you don't pay the wrong athletes because I'm not going to lie. I don't want to go to Motel 6, the official hotel of Spencer Petrus. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Um, Got to be marketable at some to some extent. I think that's what CJ Stroud does so well. Um, he's able to you know, put it all together and have those deals in a variety of different ways, both cars, fashion. He's got really it all going. Uh, I think CJ Stroud is one of the best examples of what the NIL can do for college. Um, and frankly, I mean, if you think about it, CJ Stroud, what's stopping him from staying all four years at college given this situation? Because Bryce Young, he's not going to be competing with Bryce Young for the number one overall pick if he stays an extra year. I, I'd imagine Bryce Young is going to go out to um, go declare for the draft after this coming season his junior year what's stopping cj from staying another year taking advantage of all the nil deals he has you know building his brand and eventually you know maybe making the number one overall pick depending on how the season goes of course but you could start seeing people return to college due to all the nil money that they get there's not less there's less pressure to go straight into the nf straight to the league to get the money um in your pocket if you already have it so that's something to consider as well yeah, I, I think what's stopping him is you don't have an infinite career in football. So I think while you have it, you got to make as much money as possible. I think that's what every football player believes. You need to make as much money as possible while you're in this highly paid business. And while there are a lot of NIL offers, there's also the NFL. And the NFL not only makes you significantly more being paid to play. I don't know how much. Uh, like, for example, Yamaleva to Tennessee, I think he'll probably make more at Tennessee until he's able to get his chance at the NFL level. But no, with Stroud, I, I think right now he's the number one quarterback this year. Obviously, we still have another 13 games plus for both of those teams as they look to win the national championship. But yeah, I, I think CJ Stroud just has more of an opportunity to build his brand at a more national level in the NFL. Now he does have an insane opportunity at Ohio State with everything that's going on. But I also wouldn't want to say, oh, let's wait till 2024 when if you look who's behind him, I believe the rules will allow both Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers to be eligible for them. And I would rather compete with one Bryce Young than two quarterbacks like that, even though not super high on Caleb Williams. That's a completely different subject. Uh, speaking of Caleb Williams, how come we haven't heard anything from him? What's he driving? That's a good point. I mean, if you're in LA, like, I feel like he's got to have something going on right there. What if, you know, when do we start seeing college players in movies or TV shows? That's my question. I think that'd be a really interesting topic. Maybe find a little deal going on in the offseason with NIL, especially if you're in one of those LA schools down in Hollywood, that might be something really cool just to watch you. I mean, I, we saw, obviously, DJ, uh, DJ Uyang, Uyangalale in the Dr. Pepper commercials, but 
you know, seeing those cameos in movies or TV shows, that might be really cool as well. Yeah, little known fact, people actually don't realize Kenny Pickett was in a movie. He was actually in draft day as Bo Wallace. Wow. No, I did not know that at all. But that's well, I'm completely lying, but they look very similar. The Kenny Pickett with his slicked back hair, Bo Wallace, and I could I could make a, a case for me right now. But Bo Wallace. yeah, that's a throwback right there. But yeah. um no, you can see it happening. You can see it happening. Yeah, I definitely over the next few years. I mean, you even look at this next class of recruits, star studded recruits. You could see like a Malachi Nelson uh, who's going to USC. He'll he'll be in LA slash Hollywood already. I Not mean, much of a drive. And, and don't get me started on Arch Manning. What can he oh. do? I think that is that is a peak player. You cannot form a better NIL prospect than Arch Manning, the son of or the the nephew, excuse me, of Eli and Peyton, son of Cooper. You know, the son number one overall player, quarterback, like he has all the connections in the world. And I think you'll be able to see exactly what NIL can do. Of course, this isn't going to work for everyone, but it doesn't need to work for everyone. As you mentioned before, Nico is already getting that deal with Tennessee, the $8 million. Well, we're not sure it's Nico, but we imagine it is um, the $8 million man. But like, what's Arch going to do? That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Definitely, It is. I mean, with Arch, you're not getting – Eli and Peyton, but you're getting Eli and Peyton to an extent because it is family and it is a Manning. And that's pretty much all you need nowadays. It's essentially like we want Eli or we want Peyton, but we're not going to be able to get them with their schedules. We don't want to pay them. So let's get this kid that goes to a fill in the blank school, uh, which we think right now is going to be Texas with a little bit of Georgia in there. I wouldn't. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I wouldn't put Georgia past past anything yeah. right there that'd be I feel, I feel like it's those two as of right yeah. now I especially feel like... when alabama took um its quarterback just a few weeks ago maybe that's a sign maybe it's not though they signed Tua. they signed Tua and mac jones in the same class what's stopping them from signing signing both of these guys it might be interesting and really you can see that death star alabama that's at the full extent right there if you can sign two top 100 quarterbacks yeah uh nick saban please no we need a little bit of, you know, parity in the sport. We don't need you on top of the sport for another seven years, please. As written, every college football fan, please start being awful. Not awful, yeah, I mean, but because we, we don't want a complete fall from grace, but we want to see Alabama go out on top because this is the greatest dynasty in all of sports. Maybe um, all Quinn years has to do is take Arch Manning out in his Aston Martin and Oh, okay. You need wording, wording, wording. For uh, purposes, Ben is not saying take out in that terms. Oh, well, not what I meant. Give it, (laughs) give it, give him a little drive. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All good. All good. That's of course what I meant. Totally. Show him all what Austin. (laughs) show him all that Austin has to offer so that Arch Manning can eventually come and play quarterback at the University of Texas for presumably Steve Sarkeesian. Presumably, because if he's not there, then I don't know if Arch would want to stay. Of course. So, well, that was a heck of a tangent. 
Caleb Williams, let us know when you're driving something nice so we can talk about it because we need something to talk about. Uh, but until then, we're going to be talking about teams that suck. Teams that have sucked for the last few years that, frankly, shouldn't. I mean, they're in a position where they have the ability to get better, but we haven't seen it yet. So who are two teams from each of us that we believe, hey, you have either stuff in place or you have nothing in place. You need to make the next move. Is it going to be on the field? Do you have to make a move when it comes to coaching? Ben, start with you. Who's the first team that just, we need to see something out of them this year? Look, I think there's one clear answer above all else, and it is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Scott Frost is hanging on by a thread here with his job. What is it going to take for him to stay the coach in 2023? That's a good question. I mean, obviously, much ado has been made of their unluckiness or lack, maybe, you know, just their lack of luck in the 2022 or 2021 season, excuse me you know, going one and nine in big 10 play despite um, having an even scoring margin in conference play. That's an incredible statistic that I can't think would be repeated. So maybe you'll swing back in their favor, but what is swinging back in their favor? Nebraska is a really tough place to coach at, especially with the expectations coming back from those national championships in the nineties. Does eight and four work for them? Scott Frost still hasn't made a bowl game. It's something to consider, and obviously he is a golden boy of the state of Nebraska, him playing there, being an alumnus. So just something to consider, but I think Nebraska has to show something, at least at least make a bowl, probably go 7-5, and five, maybe even 8-4 and four for Scott Frost to keep his job. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Nebraska, and I know that was your team. I want to talk about them for two seconds because I think the delusion about Nebraska for some people is just kind of weird. We're talking about – Oh, Nebraska. Yeah, they've brought in so much talent. Uh, they can go eight and four. First off, what makes you think they can remotely hit that when they've had talent in past years? Scott Frost had a, a coaching staff that he picked, he picked, and couldn't win more than three games last year. And then people are going to say, oh, well, they were nine scores away from going 12 and 0. Well, it's, it's more than that because people just say, oh, it's just one play. Well, it's not about one play. It's about finishing games because Nebraska was in a lot of games late. The art of finishing games is something that's not talked about a lot. I, I talked about the Michigan game. Adrian Martinez cuts inside rather than outside. That's what decides a game. Nebraska choked that away. They should have beaten Michigan under the lights in Lincoln. Would have been insane. You can even talk about the Michigan State game. Nebraska should have beaten Michigan State, but you know what happened? They were bad on special teams. They gave up a punt return that put Michigan State right back in the game. They could have beaten both Michigan teams last year. You can say, oh, maybe they do it this year. What changed? Special teams coach? I mean, if a special teams coach picked by Frost gave up a late punt return touchdown last year, it changed this year. New, new person? It's the same Scott Frost. It's the same guy that led everything last year. Oh, but they got Casey Thompson. Yeah, they got upgraded quarterback play. But as important as the quarterback play is, Casey Thompson's not the greatest quarterback ever. I mean, yeah, he had his feats. He had his moments, especially against Oklahoma. But one of rewind, doodle-doodle-doo, uh, they lost that game to Oklahoma. Why? Because Casey Thompson wasn't good in the second half. They let Oklahoma get back into that game. What happened? Texas couldn't finish the game. Casey Thompson couldn't finish the game. Nebraska can't finish games. It stuff's kind of matching up. 
for Nebraska to once again have a letdown season because they can't finish. Certainly. And I, when I say they need to go in for it, I'm not saying they will go in for it, but what needs to happen? We're talking about teams that actually desperately need to improve. And I do think that that might be a benchmark for Scott Frost to be able to keep his job because Nebraska may not be what it was back in the day, but it's still a very valuable job. People would be lining up for that job outside that want that job. Um, and if it opened, it's not as if they would have a lack of candidates. Now, would the candidates ultimately take the job? That might be something to consider, but that's where I sit on Nebraska. Andrew, what is your first team that needs to improve in the 2022 season? I'm going to go to the ACC for a second, and I'm going to talk about a team that is actually a pretty recent national champion. When you talk, when you think, think about about 10 years ago, famous Jameis Winston, Jimbo Fisher, newsflash, those two faces aren't even close to the program anymore. Jameis is in New Orleans playing for the Saints. Jimbo's in College Station coaching for the fight in Texas Aggies. Florida State has Mike Norvell, and frankly, we just haven't seen enough. Florida State's not a program where we're asking for them to go 10 wins every season. That's unrealistic, especially when you have Clemson in that conference where you're talking about Clemson, if it wasn't for one player, they should be a national title contender. But we, we're just not seeing any growth from Florida State. We're not seeing rebound from those bad years. We're not seeing, oh, yeah, Florida State, they're making some moves. I mean, people are going to be stuck on the Travis Hunter situation. Travis Hunter went to a place where he felt was a better situation, and honestly, I can't disagree with him. A defensive back learning from the greatest defensive back ever. That stung Florida State, especially since that greatest defensive back ever went to their school. I, I just don't know how much pull Florida State has right now compared to other schools. Like they don't have a significant advantage over the other Florida schools. Florida brought in Billy Napier, great recruiter from ULL. Sorry, ULL fans. I know you don't like being called ULL. I'm going to call you ULL because that's easier than saying Louisiana Lafayette. Miami brought in Mario Cristobal, noted recruiter. Florida State doesn't really have any pull in that state right now. And you can even look. They're losing recruits to schools like Jackson State, which credit to Jackson State. Great program, great coach. They're going to have a great team this year. You shouldn't be losing recruits to Jackson State. You're Florida State. You have NIL money up the wazoo. I understand if you lose a three-star, but you lost a five-star. I, I don't know if Florida State really is just ready. And we're also talking about a team that lost to an FCS school last year. And I, I don't know how much of an upgrade they got. I mean, they lost their best defensive player last year. Yeah, I mean, Florida State, if there was a year to look at it and say, hey, we should put something together, probably it's this year for the ACC, especially if you're in the Atlantic Division when you're competing against what could be a not up-to-par Clemson. NC State is supposed to be really good, but it's also NC State. They really don't have that 10-win, 11-win proof of concept yet, I would say. Um, the ACC Atlantic and the ACC, frankly, overall is pretty wide open. So it'd be very interesting to see how Florida State competes and or does not compete in this new ACC. And I think it is a perfect time for them to be able to prove themselves. And ultimately, especially Mike Norvell needs to show some form of improvement, whether it's Jordan Travis, 
or someone else. I would be interested to see that. They did bring in a couple of nice transfers, noted Jared Verse out of Albany. But even that's a risk. No matter how much of an insane prospect he looks like, he is still coming from the FCS. So putting all your dogs in that basket can be a little bit risky, and especially after losing someone like Jermaine Johnson, who is a noted wrecking ball. This might be something to consider and see how Florida State goes this season. Yeah, I, I would say Mike Novell needs to be looking at, okay, if I don't hit seven wins, I need to start looking on Zillow.com and find a, a, a nice home somewhere in the state of Wyoming or Idaho because I'm definitely not staying in Tallahassee. Bowl eligible. Probably yeah. seven wins. Probably seven wins, yeah. Out Anything better than last year. Yep, most definitely. So, all right, what's your second team, Ben? So we are going to stay in – the ACC. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Georgia Tech because Jeff Collins is going into his third year as coach in Atlanta and, or excuse me, his fourth year in, as coach in Atlanta. My apologies. And that is more than enough time to get the triple option out of your system. He has had three full cycles of recruiting. It's time. It's time to see something. You can't go nine and 25, especially at Georgia Tech. And I know it's an extremely difficult academic school, um, a lot of rigor outside of the football field, but you can't be losing your best player to the portal. It's not, this is, I think, a different situation from that of Jordan Addison going from uh, Pitt to USC because you are in Atlanta once again. It's, you're losing Jameer Gibbs, your best player. This is, Jameer Gibbs was your proof of concept, for lack of a better term. He was the recruit that came in and was like, this is how Jeff Collins is going to compete against the big dogs in the South and the Southeast. This is how he's going to, like, this is what he can do. This is what Collins can do. But if you lose him, there's nothing really else going on in Georgia Tech and Atlanta. So that's something to consider. You have to be better than nine and 25, like I said, three and nine, three and seven, three and nine. That's just not going to cut it, especially when you want to be competing. Georgia Tech's a great school. They can definitely bring in recruits, especially in the Atlantic recruiting hotbed. It's got to be something. It, it just has to be something more than what it has been in the past. And that's why I say Georgia Tech's probably got to go to a bowl this year. Don't see it happening, but you got to do something. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about recruiting. They're in Atlanta. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they should be able to get a decent amount of talent, and Jeff Collins has done nothing with it. I mean, for people that are relatively new to the sport, they may think, oh, Georgia Tech, this must be like one of the bottom feeders of college football. No, no, no. Mm, get that out of your head. This team made a New Year's Six Bowl in, the recent, in recent history. So this isn't a team that – should just be like, oh, yeah, we suck. Uh, who cares? Well, this guy's still here. He obviously wants to be here. Why, why would we get rid of him? No. This team's a, a program that needs to find success, especially in a big city like Atlanta. These colleges that are in larger cities, I don't give them as much slack because they're in areas where there's going to be a lot of talent. Absolutely. So it's the fact that they're not being able to, A, get a ton of talent in the board or in the room, and then not getting them on board with the program and having some of them leave, a la Jameer Gibbs, who's now in Tuscaloosa, and now you can't put anything on the field. Georgia Tech's just in a bad spot. Like you said, I don't really think they do much this year. Three wins, four wins. I don't see them making six. I think this is Jeff Collins' final year. And just like Mike Norvell, 
Idaho might need to be looked at this time of year. Yeah, I mean, and you look at their week one game. Yeah. You're going up against the Clemson Tigers. It's going to be a very quick barometer, in my opinion, for the Yellow Jackets in the 2022 season. Andrew, who is your second team that needs to improve this year? You know, I was thinking about a team that we were talking about a little before we started recording. I was thinking about Maryland. And then I was like, yeah, Maryland, but they're also in a very tough division. I want to go to a team that has success in their history, but they suck right now. They're garbage. They're disgusting. They're going to be the worst team of the power five Colorado. What the heck are you doing over there in Boulder? Like Colorado in the nineties, even early two thousands, we're talking great program, Colorado. That's where you go to, you know, go to the NFL. Great players went to Colorado. And now it's, if you go to Colorado, that was your best power five offer. And you just didn't want to go to the group of five. I mean, Colorado had a decent amount of transfer talent coming in this year. You know what happened to that? They all decommitted because they realized, wow, Colorado is just not in the right place. This is a team I genuinely think can go 0-12 this year. They brought in Mike Sanford as their offensive coordinator. If you don't know who that is, congratulations. You saved yourself the headache. I, as a Minnesota fan, had to watch him coach last year. And my gosh, I don't think I've anything, I've seen anything less creative. White bread without the crust is more creative tire streaks are more creative new pavement is more creative than mike sanford if you want a complex offense don't be watching boulder football this year it's going to suck they don't have talent they don't have good coaching they just can't get talent in the room i don't know what's going on with colorado in a pac 12 where before this year usc was weak ucla was weak even Washington last year was weak. We were talking about it's Oregon and Arizona even was weak. Arizona state sucks. This is such a wide open conference before this last year, Colorado needed to make their move. Now they're stuck at the bottom because Arizona got better. Washington state got better. Oregon's still going to be good. USC got a heck of a lot better. UCLA got better. I mean, Cal is not great, but I would take them over. Oregon State got better. Colorado missed their opportunity, and I don't see how they can really get back up towards even the second tier of Pac-12 teams in the next few years because they're just in this little they're in this little area where they just can't do anything. Because if you're in the area of Colorado, most likely you're going to get offers from other schools near that state. I mean. I don't know how far-fetched it would be to say Colorado State would be a better place to go than Colorado right now. Yeah, I mean, it's quite remarkable how fast Colorado fell, considering just a few years ago they won 10 games and went to the Pac-12 championship game. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a proof that you can succeed in Boulder. But you went back to you. You mentioned a lot about the talent, having a lack of talent on the roster. And I don't think their location really helps. So I was looking back at the 24-7 sports composite. And how many top 1,000 players do you think came out of the state of Colorado in 2022? Uh, Well, the law of averages tells you 20, but the law of averages also tells you that Rhode Island has 20. And I don't think that's completely factual. So I'll go on the side of 10. Colorado has four 1,000 top 1,000 players. Four. Okay. So, so it's there's very, a root of your problem. 
yeah, it's not easy to get talent in there. And they're not surrounded by populous states. I mean, you have Utah, but they're sort of in a special category due to uh, BYU and Latter-day Saints, things like that. You know really borders around you that have, so what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go into Texas? Are you going to try and go into California, Arizona, Nevada, that area? It's a tough, I think it's not an unreasonably hard job, but I don't, at the same time, I don't think they have the same advantages that they may have had before. Regardless of that though, you can't be the worst team in the Pac-12 because at the same time, you got Oregon State and Washington State in that very same conference. And if you're not be if you're being outperformed by them, that's going to be a problem, I think, especially for um, a school like Colorado. It's close to Denver. It's a beautiful area. Um, you just got to succeed or at least do better, not be at the seller of the Pac-12. So I would agree with you. Colorado got to see some improvement this year. Yeah. Uh... Four in Colorado. What the heck are you doing in Colorado? What else is there to do in Colorado? Crazy. There's right? actually a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, so I'll rescind that statement. But Colorado high school football, be better. Produce more talent. You're not doing any services to your state colleges. I wonder how many of those went to Colorado State over Colorado. That's something I'm going to look up after this. But so. I, Oh, yeah, I was going to say, so right now, there were, like I said, there were four um, top 1,000 players on the 24-7 sports composite. One of them went to Colorado. The other three went to Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Stanford. So those are big boys. As even Stanford, yeah. you got the academics. That's a, different, that's a different situation. But at the same time, you got to keep, I feel like, at least more than one home, um, just especially due to the isolated nature of living in Colorado, I feel like that's going to be got to be doable. Got to get at least two. Yeah, Colorado. I mean, it's tough to out recruit Oklahoma and Ohio State and even Stanford, like you talked about. Uh, Stanford's still a, a good program, even though they haven't really put the product on the field as of recently. But yeah, Colorado, just be better and also realize who you're hiring. Like if there were betting odds on who has the worst scoring offense this year, I I would drive over to Wisconsin and I would put a good amount of my college tuition on Colorado. I don't yeah. think that's a stupid bet. It'll, I'll probably think it's stupid after it doesn't hit, but their offense is going to be disgustingly awful this year. I will be happy when they come to Minnesota and they get shut out for the second straight year, might I add. Yeah. Noted Colorado offensive expert, Andrew Wilson. Thank you yep. for letting us know your um, trials and tribulations with the Buffalo's coaching staff. But um, yeah, those are four teams we got to look out for, um, making sure they improve in the 2022 season. Andrew, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, I think that's a good enough place to end it. We talked about recruits cars, you know, CJ Stroud having a Bentley. And then we started talking about uh, how do you find homes in Idaho? You know, that's going to be very useful for some coaches this offseason. And then we just went on to talk about teams that suck. So, you know what? I feel like this was a success. Thank you, everyone, for listening or watching. If you're on the YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share this. We're trying to get a decent amount of YouTube subscribers going into the college football season. We're going to have a lot more content coming out over the next few weeks going into the season. And, of course, content's not going to stop going into the season. That would be pretty stupid of a college football platform to stop when the season starts. 
if you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you follow, upvote, do all that stuff everybody else tells you to do. We really appreciate it. And follow us on Twitter, T4 to CFB. And appreciate everyone for listening and watching.